0: Hello, I'm Stefan Eady, Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs at Darlington School. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm talking with several of our new faculty members about why they chose to join the Darlington community, what they learned so far, and what they're looking forward to this year. Uh, joining me today is Upper School History Teacher Heather Shores, Pre-K to 8 Music Teacher Caitlin Terry, and Upper School Spanish Teacher Amy Pichardo. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more.
0: Uh, so let's just get started today uh, by, your, by introducing you all to, uh, or getting you to introduce yourself to those listeners we have here today. You're new to the school and new to them as well. So maybe uh, Heather, we'll start with you. Just just a quick background on who is Heather Shores.
2: Absolutely. So hi everybody, my name is Heather Shores and I'm originally from Roman Floyd County. I have worked in the museum field for 20 years and I've taught college history for the past 16 and now this year I have come to Darlington School to teach upper school history.
0: So we uh, were talking to you in the spring about this position and uh, of course I got very excited because you're bringing uh, some different things to the position, not just your, your teacher self, uh, but uh, as, a, as a former museum executive director, uh, some lots of experiences there in the public history field. And that term was new to me. Maybe real quick, you know, what that means?
2: Absolutely. So it is exactly what it sounds like. It's being able to parse out history to the public. So public history involves museum studies as well as archive studies as well. So you can kind of look at those two things and how they overlap and how they work together. So if you go into the public history field, you may learn everything from how to do museum education, how to be an executive director, how to be an archivist, how to be a collections manager, all that rolls into public history. So our main drive is to make sure that people know that history is for everyone because everybody makes it.
0: And what a cool background for our students, maybe even those students who aren't necessarily coming in excited about history. You might be able to find a way, or at least want to find a way to help them.
2: I'm going to try to convert them as best I can.
0: <laughs> that sounds great. Now, Kimmy Pichardo, you're joining the World Language Department, but Darlington is, is no, it's not a strange place for you.
2: It is not. It actually is
3: not. So I was here from 2004 to 2006. Those are the years when my small children, who are now no longer small children, were born. And I had babies here with your babies, actually, That's right. simultaneously. I'm a darling to campus, and one of the reasons why I am coming back is because one of those babies is about to go to university in the fall at Northwestern. And post COVID, we had been living well, pre COVID, we had been living internationally. So I have been teaching in the Dominican Republic and uh, Bangladesh and Japan most recently. And uh, post COVID, my daughter decided that all of the international fun places she was looking at going to university was not going to get her close to her grandparents and her family that she wanted to see. And she did not want to be stranded. So the United States it was. And given that I didn't want to be a, gosh, 14-hour phone call away from my child, um, I decided that same time zones were probably a really good idea.
0: Well, it's, it's fun to have you back in the States for sure and have you back at school. Uh, I'm uh, interested in I have all those international travels. will will uh, translate to some interesting uh, shared experiences with our, some of our students maybe.
3: Yeah, that's one of the things that I... I Really appreciated for Darlington in the past was their student body and the um, the community as a whole uh, was a very hospitable and generous community and I remember that and looked fondly on it and then um, now we are so much more diverse than we were in 2004 to 2006 and it is great to have students in my class from Kenya and Nigeria and Korea and China and I'm just I'm just tickled to know that um, that international mindedness is permeating the Darlington community now.
0: Yeah, well, it's great to have you back. Now, Caitlin Terry, you're joining our Thatcher Hall crew, Pre-K to 8, in the music department. And, And not just joining Darlington for the first time, but new to teaching, right?
1: Yes, it's my first year in teaching. I just graduated from Reinhardt University with a bachelor's in music education. My instrument is voice. I'm originally from Powder Springs, so I had never heard of Rome, Georgia, until high school, and I never heard of Darlington until the job application (laughs) went up. Um, But when I um, heard about the job, I was like, what is this awesome place? I see pictures. I see photos. I see all this stuff. Portrait of a graduate. What is going on here at Darlington? So I did a ton of research about the school before I ever applied, just because that is important. Um... And one of the things that I found, one of the reasons why I wanted to come here was because of the focus on the student. I think um, you don't find many schools out there that focus on the total well-being of the child, not just do this because it's good for your future, but do this because it's good for you, because you enjoy it, because it's what you love. And a lot of schools don't do that, um, which is unfortunate, but it's hard. It's one thing to say, it's another thing to do, and I felt that. The Darlington faculty has shown me time and time and time again that they really do care for the students above and beyond anything. And I see that, especially with my little ones. All of us lower school teachers are constantly communicating about who needs help here, what are they doing over here, how do we work together to make sure that this student is cared for. So I'm very glad to be here.
0: That's great, Caitlin. Thanks for sharing. Um, I, I will say that I remember... Uh, our first conversation during the interview process, um, and, and you taught me several things in that interview, which to me was a great sign uh, for an incoming teacher, or maybe that doesn't mean much because I don't know much about music, <laughs> but either way, uh, it was a great process um, from that point into in seeing you with the students. It's been great. And I love that you took a moment there to share you know, what it was about Darlington that, that drew you in, um, and, and it's good to know that at least in the beginning of the year that's holding true so far. Yes. I hope that continues. <laughs> Um, and maybe maybe just to shift back over to, to Heather and Kimmy real quick. Start with Heather and just um, maybe a little bit of a, you know, what what drew you to Darlington a- away from some of those backgrounds earlier. we were talking about museum work in college.
2: Uh, yes, so I was really drawn to Darlington for a few reasons. I growing up here, I of course knew about the school and uh, knew a little bit about you know how things were done here, but I had never realized exactly how much you focused on the student and how collegial this was here. So it was very appealing to me on several levels. First of all, this was like a college campus, which I am very used to. Even the schedule is very much the same way in a lot of respects. But I was also just overwhelmed with the generosity of spirit and the collegiality of all of the faculty and the staff that I met. Uh, the first day that I came in to even talk about the position, I sat down in Chadwood's office and looked up, and there was a bobblehead FDR on his bookshelf, and I knew I was home. <laughs> so just it just seems to be such an encouraging environment, and everybody wanting to help each other and further not only what we do here and our skills, but the skills of the students, too. And for me personally, I love history, and I want to preserve historic sites and buildings and preserve artifacts and make sure that all of that continues for the next generation. So I quickly learned, as I am getting older, that a lot of people that appreciate history and historic sites are getting older as well. So if these places that I love are going to be preserved, we have to start at a younger generation. We've got to start with them to make them appreciate it, to make them see it in a different way so that hopefully... Their love of history, their love of the power of place will happen early in their lives, and they'll carry it all the way through. So that was very appealing to me to try to go into the trenches and start with a younger generation and teach them how to appreciate museums and historic sites.
0: That sounds super. Well, I think this is a great opportunity uh, for us to uh, benefit from your background experience, really for the students, is what it's all about. Uh, now, now Kami, you talked a lot about uh, coming back to the States, but um, our first conversation was how you reached out to us specifically, Darlington specifically, so what, what was it that made you want to come back? Uh,
3: my major pull had to do with my youngest daughter, who's in grade 11, and um, she has never been to school in America, and we've been you know, international and going to private schools, um, international schools all over the world. And I was really concerned about her coming back to the States, and I wanted her to have an American experience in school. Um, But she has some learning difficulties. She has some learning differences. And one of the major pulls for us was um, the Learning Center. And um, I needed a school that was going to be able to sort of accommodate some of her challenges that she has. She's an incredibly intelligent young woman and very, very capable. But she learns differently, and I wanted a school that was focused on differentiation and understanding that not everybody learns the same way and um, an accommodating faculty that would be willing to, you know, help her be her best self, as kind of Caitlin was saying before. Not necessarily focusing on just the content or just the, you know, learning goals necessarily, but how best to help each student reach their fullest potential in terms of their learning, and that was something that
0: I really loved. That's great. Yeah, we we talk a lot about the student experience here, Um, you know, and for those who are listening who maybe aren't super familiar with our Learning Center, um, I think I can plug that I think in the next month or so we're going to do a deep dive into that on this podcast. So stay tuned. Uh, That'll that'll be fun. But, you know, we talk about our Learning Center in terms of what you just mentioned, but I think as a faculty, uh, as a whole, we we really think about the individual student and student experience. Hopefully, for you all who are new, you're, you're seeing that and um, and uh, experiencing that a little bit yourselves. Um, and, and I wonder, going back to you, Caitlin, um, just how, how has it been? It's been, uh, as we record this podcast, about a month or so into your first day, of a couple of weeks into the actual students being here. Um, how, how's it playing out so far? What have you learned so far?
1: So what I've learned in my first month is that things take time. Um I knew that. I knew that going into my first year, it was going to take time. It was going to be a process. But living it out every single day with the kids is a completely, it's a huge, it's so much bigger than you could actually walk in knowing this is how big it's, like you have no idea what it's actually going to be like. (laughs) Um, The kids don't know me, and I don't know them. And so getting to know one person can be a painful process. But when you're faced with a group of 26, 7, 8-year-olds, That's a much harder process. Um, But each class, I'm starting to see the students become more and more resilient to the change in their music teacher. Um, They're beginning to understand how Ms. Terry's class operates, and we're really beginning to bond. And I think that in May, I'll be really astounded at the change that is going to occur in each of them and how we've grown to know each other and understand each other, Um, but to that we're in the beginning stages still, and it really is right now about just celebrating the little wins and the baby steps.
0: You know, I think part of what makes and we probably talked about this as new faculty during our time together. You know, part of what makes Darlington uh, you know special and appealing and is the is richness of traditions and you know, and every week's got a sort of a new little curveball it throws at you. So it's, it's very. Uh, interesting but at the same time very complex <laughs> and i think I, I warn all new faculty it takes the almost the entire full year like you get through mm-hmm. it you experience it week by week by week you get to the end of the year and, and you start to get a grip on it and then the next year you you, you you go through it again and remember those things and it gets better and better and better mm-hmm. because of that um, and so i i always uh, have some empathy with you all because of the So much newness. And it's hard enough for me just, you know, learning the 150 new students that we have here. Uh, So I appreciate the effort. I know it's hard, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, Heather, how about you? How's the Star School been?
2: I mean, it's been great. It's good getting to know the students. And one of the challenges for me, which is an exciting challenge, is there are so many international students. So one of the subjects that I teach is U.S. history. So how do you make someone enjoy a history or learn a history that they don't share? And that's a great challenge. So we're, we're trying to work through that and, and come together on that and try to draw on as many international sources as I can. And What I've been really excited about is the international students are really interested in U.S. history. And that is uh, wonderful because in my past teaching experience in college, I'm not sure there were a lot of U.S. <laughs> students that were interested in U.S. history. Uh, so that's been very excited is to see them get engaged on some levels. Not always. Early in the morning's hard. Last class on a Friday is hard, I've learned that. But just their their enthusiasm level is is refreshing. It's nice to see. I'd say that the biggest challenge that I've had so far is just learning where all the buildings are and what they're named. (laughs) So I'm working on that every single day.
0: I still find some lost students on campus and have to redirect them. I haven't found any, too many lost faculty members. If
2: you, if you see me walk into a closet, just pull me out.
0: Well, although you did find yourself here today, so that was... I barely. I got directions from them. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Jimmy, how's it been for you? A little bit familiar, a little bit new. Uh, how's it gone so far?
3: Um, so, it's been great. Uh, I am also dealing with, um, you know, in the past year or so or a couple years, Darlington has switched its focus in language learning from um, an explicit language instruction, where you learn all kinds of vocabulary and grammar, and you look at it more as a grammar class, um, to implicit instruction, which is where you're doing more of like you know reading books together and talking about big ideas, and you're you're communicating through the language with interests and things like that. And so, uh, in my previous language teaching, I was very very explicit, and we were doing like let's name all the colors and Let's name all the rooms of a house and and now we're not focusing on that. We're you know putting language in context and we're talking about you know different ideas. we're doing all tenses sort of all at the same time. Um, and that goes with you know language acquisition and brain research that um, is on the cutting edge of of that sort of subject area, which is really exciting and cool, but it's also making me feel a little bit like a first year teacher myself mm-hmm. because I'm having to learn how to, teach language in that curriculum, which is, which is fun and exciting but also makes me feel like my 20-plus years mean not very much. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate
0: your vulnerability there. Yeah. <laughs> it's mean, really great. I mean, we're doing a
3: lot of talking, I, <laughs> a lot of conversing I, in Spanish. I, I think I
0: can assure you that the 23 years are not <laughs> No, sure, I'm sure, i No, I never thought but, but I but also appreciate the point there that we're yeah. always growing, we're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, that little piece you said about keeping up with the, the latest research and making yeah. sure we're doing what's right for students, that's important and that's going to change. That's just inevitable. Yeah, um, yeah I think Garantan's good about that. We have this growth mindset, right? That's right. Um, and if, if something's not working, we, we, we're not just going to keep doing it because we don't want to be that's embarrassed right. about the last 20 years. And I like the right. fact
3: that it's not tradition for, the, for tradition's sake, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like we, you know, are progressive in the ways that we should be progressive for students and we're traditional in the ways of preserving history and keeping our identity and things like that. I think that's a really nice full circle Type, you know,
1: mindset.
0: Yeah, I mean, the tradition is learn with passion. That's right. <laughs> right? They're, they're a little a plug to the mission, but, um, but you know, how we do it, you know, that that is, mm-hmm. I would say, any teacher says continually up for, for grads. Um, and it could be to the particular composition of a, of a class that year, you know, what are their needs? You know, mm-hmm. that is actually a, a big part of, a, of that teacher's responsibility here at the school to make sure that we're. We're thinking about that, not just you know, rigidly sticking with a, a, a set plan or a set of rules that we just kind of repeat every year, every year, every year. So, yeah, I think that's great. Um, Caitlin, I was going to ask you, um, you know, we were talking about growth and teaching and ensure and, and you're new, but uh, you had some professional development this past summer, mm-hmm. um, that uh, and we actually had a, quite, a, quite a few new teachers doing that, and I think for you. Just tell us a little bit about what that was and and how how that maybe has had an impact.
1: Yeah, so it was um, called the SAIS Institute. It's an institute for new teachers specifically going into private schools. So that, I mean, I don't think it's first year teachers, just if it's your first year in a private school or if it's your second or third, kind of just new to the whole private school thing Um, and kind of hopping off of the growth mindset thing, I think the huge overall theme was just be a reflective teacher. Don't be a teacher who never looks back and says, did this work? Are they understanding this? Don't be a teacher who never assesses or when you do, it's impossible for the kids. It's an impossible situation. It doesn't accommodate most learners. It's a very one learner type of test. And so I think one of the biggest takeaways I had was just acknowledge that every child is different. You're not going to reach Joe the same way that another teacher is going to reach Joe. And so know where your limitations are and kind of share the wealth with other teachers and saying, let me see how you work with this student. And then that person can say, let me see how Miss Terry works with this student. And just making sure you are really focusing more than anything on reaching every learner and if that means slow down the pace of your curriculum overall slow it down you don't want to get to May and say i ticked all the boxes but did they really learn um and so you want to get to May and say maybe i didn't finish my curriculum but i know they completely understand what they've learned and so that was one of the biggest takeaways was just focus on them make it about them not the assessment not the final product but about their learning process what have them make personal goals what are their personal goals for learning and for school and give them that autonomy so that was i mean overall that was kind of the general of the conference
0: that's good i, I love to hear that sais by the way southern association of independent schools that's the that's the group that both accredits us and is a good partner for for various resources and professional development and such um and um it's great when it feel so so in sync with what our own set of values are, and so I know as new faculty, and actually the entire faculty, we talk about things like curriculum or, you know, teaching uh, strategies or, you know, assessments and a lot of teacher talk, Um, but uh, we do it all through a lens of that individual student experience. We want that to be a very positive uh, student experience, not just just a fun time, uh, but, if, but a student's got to, you know, be having a good experience in order for that learning to happen, that learning with passion, right, to have mm-hmm. happen, uh, so that's, that's good, good to hear that, um, so maybe as we, uh, we start to wrap up, uh, just thinking about what's, what's ahead, uh, I know it's been busy, this is probably hard to think about right now, uh, if you're like me, uh, you're feeling, uh, couple weeks in the school, like you're just kind of getting steady on your feet and getting to settle into things, but uh, there's still quite a long time ahead. Um, so maybe start with you again, Heather. Uh, what What are some things that uh, that you're thinking about for the rest of the year that's get, that maybe gets, gets you excited about uh, looking forward?
2: Oh, absolutely. So with all of my classes, they'll be doing some sort of museum project in some fashion. So For my U.S. history folks, we're doing a lot of artifact analysis through every unit of the curriculum, and they're going to choose artifacts, write labels, and then do exhibit panels, which will be really posters, that tie all of those artifacts together and have them figure out what they all mean for U.S. history. So that's one of the things that they'll be doing. And then with my world history folks, they're going to take, I'm going to assign them at random person that we will be talking about in one of the periods of history we're covering, and they are going to do like a a biography panel on that person. So I'm really excited to teach kids how to do museum writing because it's very different than academic writing. You've got 250 words on an average museum panel, and the average museum visitor spends eight seconds in front Mm -hmm. of the panel before they move on. So you've got to catch their attention quick. But I think it's a great way for students to learn how to summarize material very succinctly and present it very succinctly. So I think that's a, a great skill that I'm going to work on with them.
0: I know I've said it before, that the public history background is fascinating to me. I know that's something we talked about <laughs> during the early part of your interview process. You know, just, just the idea of, I mean, the whole purpose of that is to make history accessible, mm-hmm. to make it interesting, um, to make it engaging. Um, and I love kind of how you flipped that. Putting the students in the driver's seat, so to speak, uh, thinking about their audience, maybe absolutely is uh, might, maybe more interesting than just writing an essay for Mrs. Shores.
2: Yes, <laughs> which they're already having to do. So okay. they'll be able they'll be able to compare and contrast <laughs> i right, <those> experiences. Right. <laughs> Not
0: saying we won't have all of it, right? <laughs> Little of everything. Yes, uh, Kimmy, how about you? What, you? what are you thinking about for the the, the future?
3: So I'm excited because, you know, again, it, there are a lot of new traditions that have popped up, and I am excited for this thing called rumpus. I have absolutely no idea what that is, <laughs> um, but I've heard it a lot. It's been, it's been bantered about quite a bit, and um, as a residential staff uh, person, I am excited to be a part of that experience. Uh, for Thornwood House, um, I, and I'm just looking forward to, you know, experiencing all the traditions that I remember from before and all of the new ones that are being created. I think that's really exciting.
0: Oh, yeah, there's some good ones, and rumpus just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you know, walking to the house last week, uh, I think you and I were on duty together, um, they're already starting to talk about rumpus. It's not until January.
3: I mean, I'm telling
0: you. <laughs> but they are ready to go and planning. It's exciting. So it ought to be quite an event. All so right, yeah, I'm ready for it.
2: Just be prepared because Moser House is going to take down. I am not sure about that, but we'll see. We'll see. I think we're the reigning champions right now. So, Yeah.
0: Yes, the faculty get into it as well. Yeah. Yep. And uh, if you haven't already, you're going to be recruited for something. So if you don't want to eat strange food,
2: make sure the students
0: <laughs> yeah, know I'm that. the playing committee. <laughs> I
2: will be recruited for the slowest runner. That's, that's <laughs> what I'll be recruited for. Maybe that could be
0: a new event. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know we have uh, professional learning communities for faculty uh, every week and you know talking about traditions we had that we had that uh, last wednesday and uh, i think someone said what is convocation you know we had that <laughs> thursday and that, I mean, that, that was that, my that, question that was yours <laughs> okay you know it's great like i have to remember i've been here forever and i'm just take it for granted and so we, we need to explain these things to to you and the students who are new so mm-hmm. that, that's good so yeah good new, new traditions all right, Caitlin, how about you? What are you, what are you thinking about uh, uh, for the rest of the year that's got you excited?
1: Well, I think the thing I'm most excited about is just building relationships with the students. I think as musicians, you have this route of performing or teaching a lot of times, and nine times out of ten, you pick teaching because you love the kids so much that you can't just make it about you, if that makes sense. Um, and I feel like that's the most important thing, and one of the things I learned at that. Uh, professional development conference was take the time to do this silly game to do this silly song to build rapport with your kids it might not be the most musical thing in the world it might not even sound good and someone might walk into my classroom and think this is absolute chaos but in my heart i know we are bonding and building relationships so i think it's also really easy as musicians to be like skill 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 you have to sing you have to know the part you have to know the notes You have to play this right or that right it has to be right or else it's not what's on the page um and i think it can be easy to get into that world because for a lot of us musicians that's the world we grew up in but i think music is like one of the few things that's universally enjoyed and so instead of making it an unenjoyable thing use it as a tool to get to know my students um that's just, I mean, every day I come in and I'm like, I'm so excited to see this person or this person or this person, or I'm excited to see if they took the feedback on from this day and are applying it this day. And when I see, like, little moments of growth and how they will be excited in it with me, I just, I love that so much more, <laughs> as crazy as this is for me to say, so much more than I could ever love music. It's mm-hmm. something so special, so tangible and irreplaceable. And so looking ahead, I'm just... I'm just excited to know them and for them to know me and to build relationships with each
0: other. You're confirming you should be a teacher. So last comments then, uh, if you want, and I'll, and I'll leave you or ask you one last prompt then. Um, has it turned out as you expected? Uh, I know sometimes in the interview process we can paint a, a glorious picture of how things uh, are going to be uh, as we try to entice great teachers to join us. Uh, is it, is it, have we, did we lie to you? Has it turned out okay?
2: <laughs> you did not lie. Okay. It, it, has, it has turned out okay. I, have, I had a really good time trying to get to know the students and getting to know the schedule and getting to just be part of a community. I mean, with public history, if you're not in a really big museum, it can be kind of a lonely occupation. So it's nice to be a part of a community instead of just a party of one doing something, and to be able to bounce ideas off each other and share things with each other, and everybody's been so encouraging, and if you need this, they'll get it for you, you know, just putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and that is very encouraging, and a lot of the um, jobs I've had in academia, it has not proven to be the same (laughs) in a publisher parish uh, society, so Mm -hmm. it has been very pleasantly surprising, and I'm really enjoying being here. Good to hear.
3: Yeah, I think it's been uh, fabulous. I, I think the transition coming from international schools back to, um, you know, repatriating back to America has been daunting for our entire family. And um, I think that, you know, considering that my daughter in the first two weeks of her experience is now in the fall play. And so I think that that's a win for all of us. And I've survived my first night of dorm duty for which I forgot that it was. It lasted until 11 p.m., which is way past my grown-up bedtime <laughs> these days. I was like, 11 p.m., what? Um, but we have, yeah, we've jumped over some hurdles, and it's been a really pleasant experience. No breezes, no first aid necessary. It's been great.
2: Everyone is still alive. That's, still
3: the, alive. that's the important thing. Yeah.
0: That's right. That's when you know you can go to bed. That's right. <laughs> the that's doors right. are locked and the alarm is alarm set. Alarm is set. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <Whew. laughs> Caitlin,
1: you? Um, I think jumping off of what you said, how you tend to paint a glorious picture in interviews, but I think in my interview I was humbled because um, I went to probably one of the poorest schools in Georgia. That's just the system I grew up in. And so coming to Darlington, I was so like, this is a world I would have never been a part of had I not <laughs> applied for this job. Um, it was scary. But when I came into my interview, it was just this constant discussion of, We try really hard, but we never claim to be perfect. And that was very humbling for me to hear that kind of stepping in. I was worried it was going to be the opposite, very stereotypical mindset I had. Um, And so just hearing, we work really hard, but we will never say that we're perfect. Um, And that has panned out because I see the working hard. I see the owning up to mistakes, the owning up to, I fall short here, I fall short there, but I want to be better. And so I think it's, it's panned out really well. I mean, better than I could have imagined. Faculty support is amazing here. It's very rare to find that. And so I've just been so thankful every day to, to be here.
0: Good. That was great to hear. <laughs> we, we did all right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's part of the growth mindset, um, and I think we want that from our students. Uh, and I think it's important, therefore, to, to, to do that as faculty. Um, and uh, so that's important. So it's good to hear that. Um, you know, and I think I've also heard y'all say, uh, all of you say at some point, uh, something about relationships and community. Um, and uh, I'm really glad to hear that that come out as well. Um, I know that uh, I, wrote a, I wrote a blog, actually, it might be interesting for those who want to learn a little bit more to go read that, but it's titled something like, you know, how our new faculty make Toronto better. Uh, And that's true. And that's a community piece. So um, I'll just say it's great to have you all uh, added to the community. uh, And and I'll speak. I'll let you all uh, sort of represent all of the new faculty. There's 23 of you. Uh, uh, And and, and me saying that, uh, I think that you all are making the community a whole lot better. uh, We're just getting started. So I'm looking forward to a great year. Uh, So thank you all for joining us. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: And thank you for listening today. We're glad that you tuned into this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org podcast, and check out back episodes there. If you have questions about today's programs or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org.
1: The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.